0: We're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ogi Ugwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. Alright, so we named um, today um, a special service. I know some of you saw special service and then you're like, yes, pastor, is going to lay hands. Are you not tired? She we not just finish camp meeting me? I'm not laying hands on anybody. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Um, the reason why we named it Special Sunday Service was actually because, as at last night, um, everything that I thought I was going to teach. So for those of you that have followed our ministry for a long time, you would know that generally in December, we do something we call consolidation. So we, we take time to reiterate everything that we have learned through the year. You know, as a way to wrap up the year. And that's actually what we scheduled for the month of December. But um, from our camp meeting to Reboot Camp, um, the Lord had been speaking to me about um, a, a special teaching series that we will need to do in December. And if you follow the Lord like I do, many of you would know that there are times when God will tell you that something will happen, but he won't tell you what it is. Until it's almost like the last minute. So, um, the head of our media team kept asking me, "What's the, what's the title of Sunday?" So I would do flyer and release it. But then I I didn't know. I said, "I don't know." But and then, so out of frustration um, or out of desperation, she said, "Okay, we will call it special Sunday service." I was like, "That's actually perfect. Just put it like that." But then last night, as I was praying, um, the Holy Spirit. ...told me what to teach you guys in the month of December. And so, um, in the month of December, I will be doing a teaching series on um, lessons on divine leading. Lessons on divine leading. Lessons on divine leading. So, we're going to talk about everything around how the Holy Spirit leads... How to discern God's voice. How many of you have those questions on your heart? How do I know that God is speaking to me? How do I know that God is trying to reach out to me? How do I know that the next step I want to take is, you know, the step God wants me to take? Some of you, you want to travel out of the country. And um, you honor God enough to care what he has to say on the matter. You know many people don't care what God has to say. Once the opportunity to jackpot comes like this, they will jackpot first, then apologize later. They will get to Canada and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, but I'm already here. I can't go back. So let's plan around this Canada that I'm in. But I, 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 I want to take time to answer that. And I believe this teaching series is important because... let me not, Let me not touch... My crossover service note, But I believe this teaching series is important because a lot of the experiences that God will have us go through as a church and as individuals in the year 2022 will depend heavily on your ability to discern God's voice. A lot of the experiences will depend heavily on your ability to say, God is telling me to do ABC. God is telling me to go... To so and so place God is asking me to make so and so decision A lot of what is going to happen in your life next year Is going to depend on that And um, um, at, at the at the Reboot Camp My pastor was teaching And he talked about how Being able to discern times and seasons Distinguishes any two people So the Bible talks about certain sons of Issachar who were able to discern times and seasons. It's, it is not just descending times and seasons, but a major part of descending times and seasons is descending the Lord's voice. You see, because many times you need to be able to identify when it is God who is saying something that you should do. And the issue with that is we have a, st- st- a stereotype as to what we expect God's voice to sound like. Amen. I mean, if God came to you sounding high-pitched, a lot of you would doubt that he's God. When you want to hear God's voice, what many people expect is a very deep, baritone, but calm voice. My son. You know, something very deep and baritonic. And the issue surrounding that is, um, I've said this before, the devil knows what you want to hear. And so the devil too will say what you want to hear. Do you get what I'm saying? And so as a Christian, you need to be discerning enough to know when God is speaking to you. And follow divine leading. Hallelujah. And so pick your Bibles, open up to 2 Timothy chapter 3. We'll read from verse 15 to verse 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3 We'll read from verse 15 all the way to verse 17. Are you there? Are you there? Should I wait for you? It's like we spot you guys at Ozone because normally the media team would have projected it by now. Yes. Open your Bibles. Are you there? All right, everybody, Second Timothy 3, 15 together. One, two, go. And that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Verse 16. And all scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it's profitable for doctrine. It says for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. Verse 17. That the man of God may be... Comp- Hallelujah. It does not say thoroughly furnished. It says truly truly furnished. Actually, look at it. Don't don't speed read. So verse 17 together everybody wants to go that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished. Hallelujah. He says and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise. And he says the purpose of scriptures it says "Is for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. And then the next verse says that the man of God, the word man of God there. Can I have a bottle of water please? The word man of God there does not actually mean um, pastor. But it means that the child of God may be complete. That word perfect there is perfect. He may, he may have run his course to the fullness. Do you get it? So how many of you run online courses? Raise your hand if you've taken an online course in the, next 12 mo- in the last 12 months. Praise Jesus. Now, keep your hand up if you've finished the course. I'm proud of you guys. Because it's worth being proud of. Right? If you've ever taken an online course you would know that those courses are, di- are divided into modules, you see. And so you go through, some of them have 12 modules, some of them have 30 modules. Those ones are the people that devil sent to torment your life. They have 30 modules. That word perfect is what you would say when a person has gone through all 30 modules, Jigget, and has come out of the course. It means that anybody who hears that you've taken this course, has certain expectations of you. That if you took this course then you should know this. You ought to know this. Do you get it? So this presents a sort of curriculum for the Christian faith. That scriptures will give you curriculum for the Christian faith. Which means that as your pastor, I have a scheme of work for you. Remember scheme of work? That they made you copy in social studies. Yes. Yes. My social studies teacher, I wanted to say God will punish her wherever she is, but God doesn't do that. So God will bless her wherever she is. She had this very terrible habit. So the school I went to had several classes, classrooms per year. So if you were in Genesis 1, I think we had just 1A to like L. And so Mrs. Okome, which was our social studies teacher, will start from Genesis 1A. Now we had boards, white boards that were almost the size of this stage. And so she would write from the first side of the board to the last side of the board. Then just under, she would say, continued in just one B. Yes, she used to do that till like just one, maybe F or G or H. And then she would do this. So this is it. You would just come and see it. So she could do it over the weekend. Maybe Friday till Sunday she will just write on all the boards then tell you that by Tuesday she wants everybody's notes so you have just Monday I missed other classes to copy, Can see why I said God will punish her but, but God doesn't do that so excuse me praise the Lord but that was just a diversion as your pastor I have a scheme of work for you I have certain things that I ought to teach you for you to be ready. Do you get what I'm saying? If you met a medical doctor who cannot differentiate between the eye and the ear, you'd be confused. Wouldn't you be? You'd be very confused. You say, say, medical doctor, you know that thing, um, my head, my shoulder, and then he can't touch his head, he doesn't know where his shoulders are. But he's a medical doctor. You'd be confused. Why? You expect that if he's a medical doctor, he should be an authority on human anatomy. Is that true? At some point in your Christian growth, there are things that you ought to be an authority on. Do you get what I'm saying? And what I'm about to teach you is one of them: divine leading. There is no Christianity without divine leading. Do you get? In fact. In Romans chapter 8, a metaphor for your salvation experience is that you are led by God. The Bible says as many as are led by God, they are the sons of God. So divine leading for you is a heritage. Do you get, it's something you were born into. And I just want to take some time and talk about um, divine leading this morning. Praise the Lord. Something is happening to my throat, so I'm trying to arrange myself. Hallelujah. Most of what is known in the body of Christ today about divine leading... Is 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 like half of what should be known. So you see books like Seven Steps to Hear from God, um, ten ways to Descend God's voice. You have conversations like that, but there is an important aspect of in fact, it is the first thing about divine leading that you should learn. And write this down: every conversation on divine leading must factor in. The providence and participation of God Every conversation On divine leading Must factor in The providence And participation of God Many conversations On divine leading today You don't have to write this part down Many conversations on divine leading today present the subject as though God was reluctant to communicate, or God wants to communicate, but He wants to communicate in riddles, and so we must stay sharp so that we can pick the riddles for time. That's the way it looks like God is not really interested. Hallelujah. And so you have all these books, if you have a dream, and then you see this in your dream, this is what it means. If you see this in your dream, how many of you have had you 've read books like that, if you see a black cat in your dream, wake up and run away from your house right and then it 's like oh if if i if I dreamt and I saw a cat, God was trying to tell me something. why didn't he just tell you and so I know a lot of people who have gotten tired of trying to communicate because it seems like the the work of communication between God and man is on man hallelujah the funny thing is this in our everyday relationships if it was that way we would have quit those relationships am I saying the truth if you're trying to be friends with someone but you're the one that only calls, you're the only one that reaches out, you're the only one that, at some point, you will say, "Ah, there are two people in this relationship, why are you not communicating? But then, that is how almost every conversation on divine leading has presented the subject. Like, God is up there, he doesn't really want to talk to you, but, um, he wants us to talk to him. And when we talk to him, He wants to form for us. But there is a scripture that changes the narrative on divine leading. I mean, think about it. When you are thinking about your eternal destiny, not eternal destiny now, but your destiny, where you are going to be in 10 years' time, in 5 years' time, a lot of people pray about it as though, um, God, if you are hearing me, I beg help. Please just help me make sure that in five years' time, I'm all right. And I know that you've been told that um, the plans that God has for you, they're plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You remember that, right? But many times, does it feel like the reality is different from what the scripture said? Does it feel like you have to beg God to have good plans for your life? But there's a scripture that changes all of that. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13. Are you there? Everybody read Philippians 2 13. One, two, go. Did you see that? It says it is God... Who works in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Which means that that beautiful plan that God has for you is not yours to fulfill. Maybe you don't get it. I know the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord. Plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And many times... What we've been told, how we think about it Is that when it comes to following God's plan for your life That there is an amount of discovery that you have to walk in There's a way you must discover it But I'm I'm here to announce to you that God is walking in you Both to will and to do of his good pleasure So what that means Is that provided you are submitted to God You will end up where God needs you to be are you getting this? Oh, so you read Philippians and Paul says, God, not only is he walking in you, he says he's walking in you to will. Listen, this is one of the most powerful revelations on following God's plan for your life. That God is walking in you to will, which means that certain desires that you might think that you have Because of other factors and circumstances around you Are actually the leading of God in your heart And you don't know it That like Nehemiah The Lord is able to plant in you A desire to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem And it might look to everyone else That you are just a patriotic citizen But it is actually the leading of the Lord And you don't know it Am I saying something? That you might have gone through Hey okay, You might have seen the trauma That women and children go through around you And develop this sudden passion To reach out to women and children And You are doing it with everything inside of you And what you don't know It is that it's God that is working in you to will That He's producing in you That desire to perform it If you will learn how to follow God's plan for your life You must factor in the providence And the participation of God Hallelujah We are going to look at a series of examples That will drive us to one particular conclusion And it is this God always initiates the subject of divine leading Let me put it in another way God is more ready to lead you than you are to follow him. God is more ready to lead you. If you know how much or how enthusiastic about leading you God is, some of you will be like, "Ah, what is it? Calm down now. I've said I'll follow you. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. First Samuel chapter 9. I want to show you, I want to show you an interesting story that developed in First Samuel chapter 9. We'll read from verse 1 to 3, 5 to 6, 10 to 17. First Samuel chapter 9. Are you there? I'm sorry that I'm not as eloquent as I normally would be. My throat is really dealing with me. Praise Jesus. But we move. First Samuel chapter nine. Are you there? If you're there, say praise the Lord. All right. If you're not there, say hallelujah. All right. I give you thirty seconds. Get there. Get there. Get there. Um, I think from next week we would have TV screens to project, project scripture. Cause I cannot be waiting for you. Hallelujah. Thank you for screaming. Thank you. Thank you. First Samuel chapter nine. Are you there? All right, it says there was a Benjamite, a man of standing whose name was Kish, son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechorath, the son of Ahia of Benjamin. Now, verse 2, Kish had a son named Saul, a handsome a, as handsome a young man as could be found anywhere in Israel, and he was a head taller than anyone else. Verse 3 Now, the donkeys belonging to Saul's father Kish were lost. And Kish said to his son Saul, Take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. Verse 5. When they reached the district of Zuth, Saul said to the servant who was with him, Come, let's go back, or my father will stop thinking about the donkeys and start worrying about us. So they had searched for the donkeys. For for too long, and then Saul is like at this point, um, my father will start worrying about us instead of the donkeys because we've we'll been gone for too long. And here's what um, Saul's servant said to him, verse six. But the servant replied, Look, in this town there is a man of God. He, he he is highly respected, and everything he says comes through. Let's go there now, perhaps. He will tell us what way to take. Verse 10. Good, Saul said to his servant. Come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. And as they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water. And they asked them, is the seer here? He is, they answered. He is ahead of you. Hurry now. He has just come to our town today. For the people have a sacrifice at the high place. Verse 13. As soon as you enter the town You will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat The people will not begin eating until he comes Because he he must bless the sacrifice Afterward, those who are invited will eat Go up now, you should find him about this time They went up to town And as they were entering it There was Samuel coming toward them On his way to the high place Now the day before Saul came Everybody take note of verse 15 Now the day before Saul came The Lord had revealed this to Samuel, saying, About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. So many things about this story strike me. Do you know that if Kish, the father of Saul, if his donkeys did not go missing, Saul would not have been king. Does it, is it wild how coincidental yet intentional everything is? That there was a group of people who had a ceremony in town. And then they invited Samuel. Samuel wasn't there to anoint Saul. You need to understand. Samuel did not come to that town because he came to look for the king. No. He was going there to bless a ceremony so that they could eat the food. And Saul was about to turn around and go back. But one of the servants who the master gave him to go with him told him, oh, there's a seer. Let's look for him. And In looking for his father's donkeys, Saul met with his destiny. Take note. The day before, as at the time God was telling Samuel that you will meet a man and you will anoint him king over Israel, Saul's father's donkeys were not missing. Do you get it? See, I want you to learn to see the interplay God's divine providence in the leading of your life many of you are here today see many of you in this church will attest to the fact that you coming here was an act of divine providence you may have been somewhere else in fact what the day you came here you probably had other plans God somehow brought you here that's how divine leading actually works A lot of people just don't see it. And the funny thing is that all through scripture, we have instances where we can see the big picture if we just sit back and look. However, when we are in the big picture, we don't see it. And we don't know that God is working. Some Are you getting what I'm saying? I hope this is making sense to you. And so, like Saul... Your father's donkeys might be missing. And listen, your father's donkeys might not be donkeys per se. It might just be an uncomfortable situation that you are in. And what you don't know is that God has crafted that situation to lead you to destiny. Did God still... Um, ...saws that is donkeys? No. Do you understand? Now, was it God that made the donkeys to go missing? Also, no. You need to understand something about God. One of God's best things to do... ...is to take what looks like a mistake... ...and make something beautiful out of it. Do you understand it? Think of the fact... ...that God created the world... In six days, created all that was in this world by speaking a word. But when he wanted to create the most perfect creation, he used sand. Think about it. He could have done, I mean, oh, he could have just said, let there be man. Just a man will appear. Say, you, you, are not fine enough. Erase. Let's start again. Let there be a fine man, six feet, ten inches Tall You appear It's okay You look good I like you He could have done that But God is in the habit of taking what was meant for evil And turning it for good And so Don't be afraid That through the trials that you are going through God is walking destiny You just don't see it That God wanted to save the world But did it through the death of his son Are you getting it? That the death of one man will give life to many Is providence If you don't understand this About divine leading You don't know divine leading That you may be in a season Of your life right now And let me tell you One of the strong ways you should One thing that should happen That will make you suspect That maybe this is divine leading going on And I don't know it Is that you have prayed and prayed and prayed But you are still in it Do you stop praying? No But you should now have the wisdom to say God is working something with this thing that is going on Praise Jesus I've told you God is more ready to communicate with you And lead you into his plan Than you are For some He would do it in a dramatic fashion. fashion rather. Send an angel to talk to you. Appear in a burning bush. We're going to talk about the burning bush experience soon. He might do it in a dramatic fashion. For some people, your donkey, your father's donkey will go missing. In both cases, he's leading that person towards destiny. Are you getting it? Some of you who are married, let me, let me say one that, that some of you who are married will relate to. That it was at the heel of a messy breakup that you found the person you are married to now. Is it true? Is it true or not? Some of you, as at the time you met this person that you are married to now, you didn't think this was going to end the marriage. You just thought it was Friendship. Better you don't even have a boyfriend. <laughs> Praise the Lord. See, God is wise. God is wise. God is very wise. Praise the Lord. And so, the narrative that you must work hard... For divine leading is false. Are you hear what I'm telling you? Every story that was given in the Bible to depict divine leading does not support that narrative. Every single one. Every single story. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Praise the Lord I mean did you read the story of Abraham and Abimelech Abimelech was a pagan king Abimelech did not believe in God Do you understand Abimelech did not believe in God Abraham went with Sarah to Abimelech's country Abimelech heard that he was around And Abimelech saw Sarah and Sarah was fine I mean my wife is fine but Sarah was very beautiful And so abimelech saw her and wanted her then said abraham who be this babe and then abraham said she's my sister great you can't marry your own sister somebody else will marry your sister i'm glad to announce to you that i'm that somebody else and so he took sarah and was about to sleep with her and the bible says the lord appeared to him in a dream this was a pagan king see this person did not believe in god but god appeared to him are you following what i'm saying if a pagan king could be led without any how about you that now believes in god the narrative that you must struggle for god's leading is false it's false is false. Many times, or, or one of the major problems why people struggle with God's legion is because they expect God's leading to be in a particular way. You would have never known that looking for your father's donkeys was God's legion. I mean, but it was. Praise Jesus. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. Open your Bibles. Let's read the story of the burning bush. What I want to do this morning is I want to convince you without any... I want to convince you beyond every shadow of doubt that when it comes to divine leading, see, God is more responsible for divine leading than you are. Exodus chapter 3, from verse 1 to 4. Are you there? Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far sides of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Verse 2. There, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within the bush. If you were driving by the road and you saw a bush on fire, You would at least look at it, right? Because it is fire. Even if it is controlled fire, it is still fire. Now, it would then be more fascinating if the bush was on fire but it wasn't burning. Many of you don't know what that site looks like. It will look like a photoshopped reality. Like, you know how when you see something that they photoshopped into some place and it doesn't fit... And you're like, this is wrong. It doesn't, doesn't look right. That's exactly what but the only thing will be you're not looking at it on the screen, you're looking at it with your two eyes in real life. And so Moses was carrying his sheep, tending to the sheep, walking around. And he saw this great sight. And he said, Ah, I will see what's going on. Let me go and check. And so he went close to look. And immediately he caught God close, God said to him, Moses, come. Take off your shoes because the ground you're standing on is holy ground. Take note that God initiated the conversation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes. God is a master communicator. He knows how to reach you. He knows how to communicate with you for you. I want you to write that down. God knows how to communicate with you. For you. Say God knows how to communicate with me for me. So, how God will call your attention might differ from how He will call the attention of the person seated right next to you. But make no mistakes, God will call your attention. Many of you, God has called your attention. See, God is good and he's wise you just step into a service and you, all the things you are praying about the pastor is just talking about it I am wondering to yourself and this is the funny thing the pastor doesn't know he's talking to you and do you know another interesting thing another person in that service with an entirely different set of prayer points will have the same experience and it's not like the pastor spoke twice it's the same thing the pastor was saying from beginning to the end Yet, it's catered to your own different set of experiences and catered to this person's God is good. He knows how to reach you for you. This is the most important aspect of divine leading. If you miss this, you miss everything else. Before we start talking about how to descend the voice of God, how to know he's an angel standing with you, before we start talking about how to understand one thing, God is more involved than you know. Many of you in your lifetime, you will never see an angel. Not because God hates you or because he doesn't want you to be grown and be a mature person. No, because you don't need to. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Ah, but if you need to like this, we see the angel fast. God knows what he's doing. And so he reached out to Moses and... I have a theory that many times God uses the more dramatic means of communication to reach out to people who are not used to communicating with him. Because after reaching out to Moses in a burning bush, every other communication was less dramatic, right? Yes. So a lot of times we expect God to communicate with us in this overly dramatic fashion, but God doesn't communicate with us that way because God believes and knows that our relationship with him has gone past that. Do you get it? It's like if you meet, if you, have you seen all those movies where someone who, for instance, um, 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 maybe an American sees a black man or a Chinese And the person hasn't spoken, so the American just naturally assumes they can't speak English. So they start doing that thing where you speak very disjointed English. Me, me, you, we, we, go. (laughs) Have you seen that? That's drama. That's what it looks like when you're asking God for a burning bush experience. Because God wants to easily just say to you, let us go. Do you get intimate communication is many times not dramatic. <laughs> the problem is a lot of us like too much drama. You want God to appear in a in a burning fire in your room. Bah, I am the Lord. Bow before me. All right. So what was your what kind of card do you want to drive? That's what we expect of the Lord. But many times intimate communication is not dramatic. Yes. There are some looks that your mother will give you. Ten paragraphs have been written. Don't look you like this. You just know, ah, I know what to do. Is it true? Some of your friends, you have, so you have a group of friends. You people are talking. Somebody just comes. There's always that one person. He's not your friend. He just comes and starts yanning and just hold up the group. And all of you just look at yourself somehow. Nothing was said. So I just said... Guy, yeah, we go see now. Yeah. <laughs> is it true? Guy, yeah. yeah, okay. we go see now. Just. What are you doing? All of you are, you are leaving that place to reconvene somewhere else. Where well, that person will not find you. Intimate communication is many times not dramatic. The problem is a lot of times we expect drama in communication. Especially when it comes to God. And so, because we are seeking the dramatic, we miss the little obvious leadings of God. Praise Jesus. Imagine if, imagine if after the burning bush experience, every other time Moses expected God to appear before him in a burning bush. First of all, do you know how limiting that conversation would be? or that relationship would be? That we can't talk except I'm beside the bush. <laughs> it's true. That's what a lot of people do. And even if God gave you a dramatic experience one time, he doesn't expect you to grow on that. He wants to move from the drama do you get? And communicating the stillness of your heart. Praise the Lord. I mean, to think that your desires can be a conduit for the voice of God. Have you ever thought about that before? God is working in me to will and to do. That is, my will can be a conduit for the voice of God. Which means that sometimes there are some desires that I will have and it is God speaking to me. Are you getting it? So when we say supernatural leading, don't immediately start thinking of a voice as in a normal audible voice. Praise Jesus. See You know why I like talking about subjects like this? They are extremely practical. Every one of us has had an experience. You may not have heard God audibly, but has this ever happened to you before? That you see a series of events play out, which to every other person was coincidental, but you look at it and you say, God is working in this. God has a hand in what's going on. See, what's going on is that God is speaking to you for you. Other people might not be able to discern it. To them, it may be a. Ra- Do you know the funny thing? Somebody else might have been observing the burning bush, and it would have just been a bush with no fire. Do you get it? He would not have seen anything. When Saul was knocked down on, from his horse on the road to Damascus, he heard Jesus speak. Every other person around him heard thunder. Are you getting this? Saul had the, he had a conversation with Jesus He said Lord, Lord Jesus said He said who are you Lord Jesus said I am Jesus You are persecuting me A full conversation But every other person around him heard thunder When Moses was on Mount Sinai Talking to God The people of Israel down Were hearing thunder Because see God is able to communicate with you For you Praise the Lord Lord. Let's look at Samuel 1 Samuel chapter 3 We'll read from verse 1 to 10 This is second to the last portion of scripture we'll read And then we'll pray 1 Samuel chapter 3 From verse 1 to 10 are you there okay praise the, if you're there say, say hallelujah. hallelujah if you're not there say praise the lord all right so that's like one person are you all there now some of you are saying yes but you are still flipping your bibles all right are you there now and the child samuel ministered unto the lord before eli and the word of the lord was precious in those days there was no open vision And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim, that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out to the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and Samuel lay down to sleep. Verse 4. that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli, and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again. Samuel! And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not my son. Lie down again. Seven. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again. How many times now? The third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou did call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, that if he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. So how many times now? Four times Samuel, Samuel And Samuel answered Speak for thy servant heareth See This particular story Of course you get the point God reached out right God reached out right Why was God calling Samuel To take him to destiny But there is something else important That you should see God is patient He's a patient communicator Because I know some of you. Somewhere, one, he went to go and meet Eli. There's something wrong with this boy. He'll come back upstairs. Somewhere, you will stand up. As he's going to meet Eli, I'm the one calling you. Can't you hear? Does my voice sound like Eli's voice? Praise the Lord. God is a patient communicator. Have you met people that say things like, I don't like talking two times? God took his time. So let me tell you something. That if God tries to communicate with you in way A and you don't get it, he will try B. He is looking to get your attention. Are you getting this? This is such an important principle. God's leading, that as long as you are interested in being led, let me tell you, as long as you are interested in being led by God, you cannot miss God's leading. You don't understand. As long as your mind is on, let me be led by God, you can't miss his leading. You can't. Because God One of the teachings that we're going to do in the month of December is moral leadings. We'll talk, I'll talk about how um, your morality is actually the work of the Spirit and is the leading of God inside of you. And something we learn from that is that the Bible says, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless. So God's, um, God's experience with man has always been proactive. Are you getting what I'm saying? So even when God knows that you can miss his leading, he will put guardrails to make sure you don't. Because imagine if Eli was not trained in the way of God. Notice the Bible said Eli perceived. See, that perception, remember that the voice of God was cast. So the perception of Eli was actually a work of the Spirit. Are you getting it? It was God who said to Eli, I'm calling this boy, tell him to answer me. So even when you think you will miss it God is able to put Many of you know what I'm talking about You came to camp meeting last week Things that God had put on your heart months ago That you missed People came and told you Is it true? Yes Somebody will just come and walk I have a brother I don't know if if he, if he will mind me sharing this God called him into ministry But he was working in the oil industry And One day God told him, quit your job. He didn't quit the job because oil work my money. I'm not talking about granite oil or I'm talking about oil. Yeah. You're seeing good money. God said, quit the job, start ministry. He said it's not quitting anything. What's that? He said he was walking on the road and a a madman slapped him. He said, the madman slapped and said, You are meant to be doing ministry. Stop this work you are doing and go and do ministry. praise the Lord on the road just so let me tell you it is in God's mercy this is a part of divine leading I hate it when people say things like if you miss divine leading you have missed it forever it's not true it is not true because uh, I have so many examples to give you numbers 2222 22. Balaam was on his way to go and curse people that God had told him to bless Are you getting this He was going to curse them and then the Bible says the Lord say you know it was God that was going to punish him Do you realize it yet it was God that caused his donkey to speak Oh, you don't understand divine leading until you understand that God is more interested in it than you. That Jonah, God asked Jonah to go and warn the people of Nineveh. You need to understand. He asked him to go and warn the people of Nineveh, and it took God went to any length to make sure that warning got to those people. Let me tell you something that you should come, you should get used to. God will go to any length. To make sure that what he tells you, you you will hear it. Let it not be that you have heard it and you want to be stubborn. Are you hearing me? Yes. If you are consistently afraid that you have missed the plan of God for your life, I'm glad to announce to you that you haven't. Because as long as you are interested in being led, understand one thing, you cannot miss it. You cannot miss it. As long, See, you might travel out Out of ambition And go, even when God Does not want you to go But you know the funny thing, you will go And return He will draw you back So when There are many people that come and meet me, members of our church They'll say, I'm traveling to Canada I'll say, okay, good luck I'll pray with you Go Did you pray about it? Yes Even if you lie, you're lying to me you know, I have confidence that God is working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So your ambition might distract you for two seconds. ha! Huh? But it cannot, it cannot superimpose on the work of the Spirit in your life. I trust the Holy Ghost in you. It's not you I trust. You, you are a human being. You can make mistakes. But you see the Spirit of God in you, I trust him. Where God has said you will end, you will end. <laughs> As long as you are interested in being led ah, friend, yeah. Praise the Lord Praise the Lord You can then see why it is a big deal For a man to resist God You have to harden your heart In no small way to resist God I just want to touch on it Why the unfor- unforgivable sin is unforgivable You have to harden your heart in no small way to resist God. To, oh yeah, to convince Pharaoh, God He told Moses, carry your rod, turn it to serpent. Turn to serpent, say, put your hand inside your pocket, let it become leprous. Bring it out, it's leprous. Put it back, bring it out, it's whole. So imagine how hardened Pharaoh's heart was to still insist that the children of Israel couldn't go anywhere. Think about it. Many times we don't think about the mercies of God. But the first thing you will learn about God's leading is that God's leading falls under the provision of his mercy. Are you getting it? Many times we are quick, we are quick to say God just judged the people of Egypt. But sit down for a moment and think about it. Many of you have been convinced by less spectacular miracles. Amen. Just out of word of knowledge, I call your name and tell you what is happening to you. Bam, you are convinced. Pharaoh. Somebody put his hand inside his pocket. I mean, think about it. I put my hand in my pocket now. You saw my hand one second ago. It was completely whole. I put it inside and bring it out and it's like this. Not that I folded it. I don't have fingers anymore. Put it and bring it back out and it's completely whole. And then you say to yourself, i Ha! You must really resist God. So, If you are afraid that you have missed God's plan for your life You haven't, you have not gone that far yet In fact, the fact that you are afraid Tells me that you haven't Because one who is resisting God Is not afraid of anything Let God do his worst. Praise the Lord Praise Jesus Listen, let me tell you something You can be sure At every point in your life that you are at the center of God's plan for your life You can be sure You can know But a major part of that assurance Should not be on your ability to follow instruction But on God's ability to get you where you need to go Are you getting it? Listen, this is mind blowing it is, it is the revelation of God's grace Before anything else on divine leading You must learn this one Hallelujah, you must learn this one That before All your ambition Was this way, you wake up one morning and your ambition is to this side You are wondering to yourself When did it change, how did it happen Then you remember, did Paul not say That God is working in me To will and to do Maybe this is the working of the spirits Are you getting What I'm saying That all your life you never considered Living in another city Lagos is your home you've, you've always Then one day you wake up and Calabar is on your mind You are praying, the Lord is asking you to pray for Calabar You are praying, the Lord is asking you to pray for um, Ibadan or some other place And then another interesting thing All the opportunities that are coming to you Are now coming from Don't ignore it Don't say it's coincidence You are too spiritual to believe that everything that happens is coincidence are you hearing me? Yes. Because it, to the natural observer, it was coincidental that Saul met Samuel. It was coincidence. But for one who understands how God works, you realize there's not really coincidence. God had a hand in it. Are you hearing me? Say God has a hand in my life. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Listen, let me tell you something. What I'm telling you is not far-fetched. In 2019, this church was at 16B, Imam Dauda. How many of you were here then? Raise your hand. Ojis. Oh, yes. We were at 16B at Imam Dauda. That's where we used to have service. And for the whole of 2019, that's exactly what we were doing and then in August of 2019, or no, October of 2019, the Lord told me, it's time to leave this place. I knew it was God that spoke. But I was comfortable in 16B. Because the rent at 16B then was 60K for a month. For a full month. And that was if you had five Sundays. We were paid 12,000 Naira per service, which amounts to 48 for four Sundays, and 60 for five. And so God told me it's time to leave here. I said, Where should I go to? Say you're moving to film house at leisure Mall. I said, How? Ah. Now, I had heard how much other people had paid at Leisure Mall or at cinemas. So to put it in perspective, we're paying forty eight thousand monthly, sixty on a month of five Sundays. And then when Celebration Church was at ICM they were paying fifty thousand per Sunday. So our monthly rent was about to become our weekly rent. I said, I'm not hearing God. This is not the voice of God. This is the voice of the devil speaking to me. And so I ignored it. God put it on my heart. He said, go. So I went to make negotiations with the cinema hall. I said, I want to use your hall. He said, what's your offer? And I said, now hear me. I said, 100,000 per use. Not per month. Per use. That is 100,000 naira per Sunday. And the woman I met there laughed. Like, you know that kind of. How much did you say again? 100k. Okay, I'll take it up with the management. Let's see what they will say. Like, that kind of is ridiculous. We can't give you. It's too small. So, when she said that, I said, I said it. It's not God that was talking to me. If it was God that was talking to me, it would have gone through easily. And so, we moved to 16B. And then after this, something happened. I was in church. We were setting up on a Sunday morning. And my pastor, he never does this. He never does this. So first and foremost, if you know, anybody that was trained by Bishop Uyudipu and is a pastor does not miss Sunday services. Because in all my 12 years of going to Living Faith, I only saw Papa miss Sunday service once. And that was when mama was sick And it's not like she, that was the day she fell sick No, she had been sick for like a full month And he now finally decided that he won't be around that Sunday Once So you can imagine my shock When my pastor called me that Sunday morning That he's in front of our church So I'm like, you are where now? He said, I'm outside So I went out and I saw him You're actually here And he walked in, we were setting up How many of you Remember he walked in, we were setting up, he looked around, he prayed with the team. Then he called me outside and, I said, and he said, you need to leave this place. I said, yes, I've heard you. It do not work. <laughs> and then he went. He, he, this is what, when he came, he said he was in town and he wanted to spend Sunday with us. Then he got there and he said, after praying with us, the Lord told him to go back to church. I said, okay, bye-bye, sir. Thank you for coming, sir. Bye-bye. And he left. So I started announcing in church. We said, keep two offerings. Do you remember? And we said, we are taking two offerings because we want to move. And this happened from like September or October till January. We were just flexing because the place was comfortable. It was terrible, but it was comfortable. And then in January, something happened. We finished Sunday service. Last Sunday of January, and the management called me and said, Don't come next week. I said, You say what? They said, Don't come next week. I said, Why? They said they want to renovate. I said, We'll wait, we'll do services online. We'll wait. Imagine if God allowed me to be stupid. Just because this is stupidity at work. Imagine if He allowed me to actually be foolish. I said, We'll wait. The man said, we don't want you again. Go. I said, do you want to increase the rent? We will pay. He said, I don't want your money. Go. Mm-hmm. Which was the pastor? Was the pastor? Maybe the one that was on the case with me. There was somebody. It was you, my babe. He said, I don't want. Go. So I was like, ha. Ah. Okay, no problem. So now, we had exactly one week to look for where to move to. One week, right? And so... I got up, I started running around through I think it was me and Pastor David, because Pastor David is my trekking mate. We trek when we're looking for her, which we, uh, we have experiences. There was one time we trekked, my trousers tore, my shoes spoiled. Trek. So we trekked around through that week, and then there was this particular hole, napting. I had called them earlier that I want to use their space, and then they told me. That uh, They don't rent it out So God said go back to Leisure Mall and go and ask them I said "Is it a, you cannot hear that they say 100,000 is too small So I said And even if 100,000 We don't even have 100,000 He told me no go and tell them it's 60 you want to pay <laughs> What am I saying What are you saying <laughs> This is real I'm telling you what happened in this church And so we got up I went to Leisure Mall I told them They said it's still not possible I should go away Sorry, thank you We went round and it was Thursday night I remember vividly my friend Many of you know him Femi Babs, um, Zuala Kate. He came to my house And then we prayed And then he told me there's this message he wants me to listen to It was a message by Pastor Chris And he said, play this message I played the message And it was 10 minutes on faith And following the instruction of God And then Pastor Chris ended it And he was saying something like That house that you believe God for You will get it And then he said That church space you are looking for You will get I said amen Yes, this is my word And immediately Pastor Chris said That I felt the power of God Go through my body from my head Like it was like Somebody poured hot oil That was cold Um, I don't know how to explain it It was just The power of God Went through my body I got up I'm gingered. Let's go and look for her So we started trekking again We trekked round through Larry I, I kid you not And then we finally got, we had finished trekking that Thursday. I was with Victor, Victor that has now traveled, Victor Chinaza. I had finished trekking that Thursday, and there was no hall. So I said, maybe we'll just do service online on Sunday. And then God told me, go to Napton. Don't call them before, just go there. I said, okay. So Victor and I, we're already planning to go. I told him, let's go somewhere. So we went to Napton. we trekked there. Got there, said, Hi, my name is so and so, I'm the pastor of so and so and so, and we want to use your hall for service. The guy looked at me. He said, When do you want to start? I said, This Sunday. He said, Okay, how much do you want to pay? I told him, 60,000. He said, Can you do 80? I said, No. So this was how the negotiation went. Can you do 80? I said, No. He said, Okay, pay 60. When can you pay? I said, I will pay Saturday night. He said, okay, no problem. Come Saturday so that we'll arrange the place for you. <laughs> that was how we moved to Naphton. Now, that's not the interesting part. The interesting part is, immediately we used Naphton. First Sunday, second Sunday, God told me, go back to Legion Mall and talk to them. I said, what's up with you and this Legion Mall? What's going on? Talk to me. What's happening? Why do you like this place so much? I went back to Leisure Mall. They had changed. The manager, the manager was now a young man. I walked into his office. That day I went to my wife. I walked into his office. I said, I want to negotiate with you for the hall. He said, the hall you want to negotiate for is in use. Can we interest you in a free movie? Is that what happened or not? And so they showed us. They actually paid for us to see a movie while we wait for them to finish watching a movie in the other hall. I told him, I'm perfectly fine to just sit down outside. We said, no, 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 why not? Just enter and watch. They give you popcorn. They gave us popcorn. We entered. we came to negotiate for and they've not heard how much I want to pay (laughs) and then I got there and then we paid and I entered we finished watching the movie, I came out I can't remember the movie we saw I came out, I went to his office it's the hall ready now, I said okay let's go and we walked there, we saw the hall he said so this is the hall this is where you keep your sound, this is where you do this This I said okay, it's fine then I asked him, How much is it? He asked me, How much are you willing to pay? I said, 60. He said, That's fine. Honestly. He said, That's fine. Pay it. Now, here's why it was interesting because what we were paying at Napton was 60,000. What we were paying at 16B before Napton was 60 for a month. In one week, we made a transition from paying for the month to pay, So we didn't have the church didn't have the 60000 for naphthen. So what was happening was we were paying them weekly. Do you get? So we will have faith from Monday till Sunday. There's a Saturday night. The faith will now accumulate the 60000 we will pay. It. But here's an interesting thing. We never once did not have the 60000 to pay. Yeah. Are you getting me? So after we had used naphthen for a week or two Sundays, or three Sundays or well, a month, a full month I had seen, we can actually run This 60k thing Let's move to the um, cinema And then we're about to move to the cinema And then they shut everywhere down So I was thinking to myself that ah, Once they open this place, people will increase the price At all In fact, so let me put, you, let me put it to you So Leisure Mall As an entity Is the landlord Film house rents the space for those of you who are in property, you understand what I'm saying. Film House rents the space from Leisure Mall. And Leisure Mall did not want us there. Film House was indifferent about us. Whether they're there or not is okay. The only person that wanted us there was Mr. Sheo. Mr. Sheo was the manager. And so Mr. Shehu took our letter, went to film house, got it approved, went to Leisure Mall and knelt down to beg for them to approve it. Not figuratively, he knelt down. He didn't know me. As at this time, we had only seen once and he offered me a movie. He knelt down to beg for them to approve it. And then when they finally approved it, he called me like he was a member of our church. He said, Pastor, God has done it for us. (laughs) I said, what are you saying, sir? (laughs) Listen. It is more difficult Eh? To It is more difficult to miss God's plan for your life Than it is to follow it A lot of people think it's the other way That it's very easy to miss God's plan for your life But when it comes to following God's plan You must be very careful It is more difficult to miss God's plan for your life Many of you don't know it That there are certain things That have been chasing you since you were young And is God's plan for you You tried to avoid it, but you ended up there. Take a cue, I'll end with this. Take a cue from the salvation plan that everything the devil did to thwart God's salvation plan was working towards the fulfillment of God's salvation plan. That if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Do you understand? That's your story If the devil had known He would not have put you in that situation If he had known what God intended to use it for He would not have put you there If the devil had seen God's plan for your life He would have just allowed you to just coast around and do nothing But all the suffering he put you through He didn't know that God had a plan for it this difficult season that he put you through, he did not know that God had a plan for it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So count it all joy when you face diverse temptations. Because God definitely has a plan. Just bow your heads and say thank you to God. That Lord, I choose to follow your plan. I may not see I may not know it, but I trust that you will keep me at the center of your plan. You will keep me at the center of your plan. At the center of your plan. At the center. I don't trust in myself. I don't trust in my ability. I don't trust in my, my abilities in what I can do. I don't trust in my ability to follow you. I trust in your ability to keep me. I trust in your providence, in your participation. I know that you have my best interest at heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.